When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. This is the match preview. Newcastle head down to Everton on Saturday afternoon. I'll be joined by the Liverpool Echoes, Adam Jones, as well as our very own John Gibson as we look ahead to that game. And is it a must win for Steve Bruce? Those questions and many, many more asked on the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It is our match preview. Newcastle travel down to Everton for an early kickoff on Saturday. It's going to be a tough game. I'm joined by the Liverpool Echoes, Adam Jones. Off camera there, Adam, um, I was just saying I was fearful before I looked at the stats. I'm even more fearful now. This is a game which Everton are surely going to win and, and, and probably, sorry Newcastle United fans, rather easily. Well, you'd like to think so. You'd like to hope so if you were, if you were an Everton fan because this season has, has started you know, incredibly well for them. You know, sitting, sitting where they are in the table with two games in hand on a lot of the teams that are around them at the minute as well. I think if they win the two games in hand, then they could go right up into the top four. So that's exactly what Everton fans wanted uh, from, uh, from this season so far. But I think as we saw from when the last time the two sides met when Everton came to Newcastle. Uh, things don't always things don't always pan out the way you think that you think they might. So, you know, I think Everton fans will still be a little bit wary about this weekend, certainly, but you know, this is this is one where they'll be they'll be going for three points, absolutely. Let's talk about Jordan Pickford. I was watching the game against Leicester and when that goal went in, I I couldn't quite believe it. I mean and it's funny as well because Everton have done quite well actually in terms of the goals conceded recently um, I think it's six in their last nine games which is which is not bad at all um, but that was an absolute clangor um, Gareth Southgate in the stands as well and it always seems to happen around this time that Newcastle are the team and it's, then there's always that debate will uh, Ancelotti drop him you know will Pickford still remain in between the sticks what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? Really interesting, isn't it? Because I think if he hadn't made that mistake, then there'd be no doubt in mind that he would be starting. Or even with Ancelotti saying that you know he, he, he's going to rotate his goalkeepers, you know, as he did uh, the last time aside met and Robin Olsen got his first start against Newcastle, and I thought he played quite well in that game, to be honest, despite despite losing. But it's, it, it was a real shame with Pickford, to be honest, because I think over the last few weeks, certainly, I've noticed a significant improvement in him, and I think you're right about the like. Everton's defensive stats. I think that was mainly based on the fact that Everton have been playing essentially four centre backs in front of in front of the uh, whatever goalkeeper's been in goal, Pickford or Olsen. There's been Holgate right back, then Godfrey's been playing left back, which has been which has been pretty interesting. And then Yeni Mina and Michael Keane, and they've they've managed to form a really good defensive wall in front of a uh, in front of the goalkeeper. So it's really helped Pickford in that sense. But uh, even even against Leicester, I thought he was doing pretty well I don't think while Leicester were dominating possession I don't think they were creating all that many clear-cut chances compared to what you know the kind of chances that Everton were creating 
So yeah, to see him to see him make a mistake like that, and you know, as you say, it's Newcastle again around the corner. You know, I suppose Newcastle fans would rather see him in goal, really, wouldn't he? I think I think so. I think he does give, especially Newcastle, that added advantage. Newcastle are going to take every little bit of help they can get. And look, he's a good goalkeeper, but there's just something about when he faces Newcastle and he just. He just kind of loses his cool. We've seen it in in, in recent games. You know, uh, I remember sitting in the press stand. He walked down the tunnel and he sticks his tongue out um, at some Newcastle United fans at half time. He should have been sent off in that game for the the rugby tackle on on Rondon, I think it was. Um, but I do think if he plays this weekend, plays tomorrow, he'll give Newcastle that little bit of advantage because watching Callum Wilson, Callum Wilson's got something about him. Like he's got this nasty streak about him, and I keep. I keep, you know, talking to my mates and saying, you know, I think he would be a horrible if he wasn't in Newcastle's side and watching him so closely. I think I would really dislike him because he has got a little bit. He's got a tendency to maybe leave a foot in or be a bit too physical. Like it's not, it's not really needed sometimes his physicality, you know. And I think it's just a ruffle, ruffle, you know, the opposition up. And I think he could wind Jordan Pickford up really, really well um, tomorrow afternoon. So it's going to be interesting. Um, but can you really see Pickford, you know, being dropped for, for that mistake against Leicester? I, I, I think if he's dropped, I don't think it'll be purely based on that mistake. It'll, it'll come down to a decision for Ancelotti where he'll think, you know, is it better to take him off the firing line, you know, especially for a game against, you know, what he will perceive to be a big rival, essentially, uh, being ex-Sunderland Loney. So, yeah, It'll be interesting. I personally think he'll probably start, uh, to be honest. Uh, I, I think Robin Olsen's played really well, but I think there's still there's still a very distinct reasoning that he's the second-choice goalkeeper at the minute. He's the backup. He's he's the one who's kind of given Pickford a little bit of a push in the back. Whereas, you know, for this game, it's not in front of fans. You know, there's going to be no Newcastle fans to goad him or for him to goad this time. It's just going to be straight up you're up against Newcastle's players, can you can you stand up to it? And I think in a, in a way, you know, in a game that Everton has, you, you would hope would dominate uh, on their own ground, you know, maybe Newcastle aren't going to get as many chances as they did in the game again in uh, November. So Pickford might not have all that much to do. It might be a little bit more of a test for Ancelotti to say to them, look, can you get over this? You know, can you go over, out there, play well against Newcastle, put this behind you? and then we can go from there. Well, I'd say it's going to be a totally different game to what it was against Leicester. I mean, you know, Everton were really under the cosh when that goal went in, um, whereas Newcastle, they don't create many chances at all. You just say in there, they'll probably not get as many chances as they did uh, back in November. I can hear Newcastle United fans screaming at their phone or their, their speaker saying, we don't get any chances now. So, <laughs> definitely right on that point. But it's interesting because... Steve Bruce needs a result um, and things are so rosy down um, at Everton and like you say they'd be well in the top four um, if they win their two games in hand um, I mean yeah I, I mean what what do Everton fans feel about this game is this a game they think Newcastle um, you know at, you know, the, sorry that Everton should be winning yeah I think it, this is we we started this week you know we had three three really tough games at Goodison Park I think you know we had the FA Cup game against Sheffield Wednesday which they managed to breeze through, which was quite nice. We had this game against Leicester and now the game against Newcastle. And before these 
two Premier League games, Ancelotti was saying, you know, this is where I'm going to see where my team, where the team's ambitions kind of lie. You know, are we going to be going for the Champions League? Are we going to be settling for the Europa League, etc.? So getting a draw against Leicester was, you know, a pretty decent result, I think. You know, taking four points off Leicester this season, you know, not a lot of teams are going to do that. So that I think, especially when you're coming up against a rival like that, I think that can only be considered a good result. But it will only be a good result if you can get three points against Newcastle. I think that's that's the kind of thing that people were taking for granted a little bit. Whereas, you know, a lot of Everton fans won't be taking this for granted because Everton have a weird knack of, you know, whenever a team is in trouble or a player is on a score and drought and he needs to score, somehow it just happens against Everton. Uh, I've, yeah. I've never known a team like it. Well, if you supported Newcastle, you don't well. sound like it. <laughs> Again, I can hear our listeners screaming. Are you sure you're talking about Everton there? Because, you know, we've we've had Sheffield United, you know, got their first win of the season against Newcastle. And it's interesting you mentioned strikers on a poor run of form. We have Callum Wilson uh, from the Newcastle point of view, but also your main man, uh, Calvert-Lewin. He hasn't scored in 11 games, if, if my research is right, which is quite something considering you know how he started um you know he was i think he was top scorer at one point what's happened there and um, obviously he's still he's still starting and what have you is it just you know he's been unfortunate in front of goal opposition keepers have been pulling saves out the hat what's what's the cause for this drought i think it's very similar to callum wilson to be honest in the fact that he's still playing very very well in you know the minds of a lot of everton fans he's just He's just not been getting the right service for him, you know. And obviously, I know Newcastle fans are very frustrated at the amount of service that Callum Wilson's been getting, and I think, you know, quite rightly so. But you know, in terms of Everton, as I said when uh, we were talking about the defence before, you know, we kind of moulded our defence because of you know injuries and suspensions and what have you. So we meant it meant we have four centre backs uh, in the back four, whereas Everton usually use their full backs quite quite uh, prominently to try and get up the field get up the field and you know create chances and that's where a lot of Dominic Calvert-Lewin's chances were coming from in particular crosses from Luca Dean from the left hand side or James Rodriguez from the right hand side and it's only now that we're really seeing Luca Dean come back from his injury and James Rodriguez get back to a bit of full fitness as well after you know he had a bit of a difficult spell in December so you know he scored in the uh, scored in the FA Cup against Sheffield Wednesday but he's still waiting to get that Premier League goal under his belt again but you know, he should be looking at this as an opportunity to to be doing that. I think he scored in each of his last four games against Newcastle, so he's it's an opponent that he that he quite likes scoring against. You'd expect, uh, you know, Richarlison will play, James Rodriguez will play, Luca Dean will play. None of them played in the game uh, in November at St James's Park, so it's going to be a very different Everton side. I think you know that game that game in November really really annoyed me to be honest because it was just. I have no idea. I'll do three goals in that game. It was it was the most is the game devoid of quality completely. I thought and it somehow somehow got three three goals out of it. But I think this game will be a lot different. And it's I think that's why Everton fans are looking at it and thinking it's got to be three points here. And you know the really sad thing is that many people, including myself, consider that game to be probably the best performance of the season. Just think, just think about that, and yeah. uh, just think about that. Considering what Adam just said there, and um, well, listen, 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 listen. <laughs> it's it's 
It, you know, Newcastle improved in the second half against Leeds and, you know, it, it weirdly, in many ways, it felt like a win and that sounds so strange because Newcastle lost 2-1 and then the results the previous, uh, the, the following night didn't go their way. You know, the the, the, the points gap to the, to the bottom has been cut to six with Fulham getting a draw against Brighton. Burnley have gone three points ahead. You know, the last time... Uh, I think when Newcastle beat Burnley, Burnley were 11 points behind Newcastle. They're now three points ahead, um, which goes to show just how a bad run Newcastle are on. And it's a bit like you you said there about the point against Leicester. Um, it only becomes a good point if Everton beat Newcastle. Well, in the case of Newcastle, that good 20 minutes against Leeds is only a good 20 minutes and there's only a positive if they win against Everton because... You know, you can't if they don't win against Everton. It's then just a good twenty minutes, and relegation's an even bigger possibility. You know, the uh, the comparison between what's happening down on Merseyside and what's happening here on Tyneside is is stark, isn't it? Because you know, you guys are talking about t- a point against Leicester might not be such a good result if you, you lose against Newcastle. Where here, saying twenty minutes of good football. You can sense the frustration. Well, I mean, it, it's somewhere that Everton fans have been, you know, fairly recently as well. I, I keep, I keep making references to this as being exactly like what Everton fans were like under Sam Allardyce, and even the way, even the way the pundits in the national media are seeing Newcastle, it's the exact same as it's the exact same frustrations as Everton fans were feeling. You know, when they were going, oh, what, what more do they want rather than Sam Allardyce? It's just like, well. It's not, it's not as if we're expecting to win the league every year. We just we just want a better brand of football. We want to actually enjoy watching our team for once. That, like that's that that's the long and short of it. You know, football is a sport that you know we're all meant to be sat there enjoying. And to be honest, you, like if you've got Sam Allardyce managing everything, you don't sit there and enjoy it. And you know, for the majority of Newcastle season, you haven't know, really sat there and enjoyed it. As part from you know, I did watch that game against Leeds, and I thought you know in that second half spell Newcastle did look good and it kind of dispelled any myths for me that you know this this team of players isn't good enough there are players of quality in that squad and certainly good enough quality to to stay up and not be in the position that Newcastle are in it's just that you know somebody's got to find the right system to to play them in yeah yeah I mean you're totally right and it does worry me slightly that Steve Bruce has come out and said you know, I haven't been able to play Ryan Fraser and Alan St. Maxman together at all this season. They've been injured once, had COVID. And it's like, but we're at the end of January. So what has your plan been up to this point? Like, <clears throat> just as better as you, Bruce, but a good head coach would would it would adapt this team, would find a solution to that because you can't rely on, on one man. I look at Everton and, um, okay, you know, at the start of the season, Alvin Lewin was the main man. He hasn't scored in, in the last 11 games but you've still got other players around him you know Rodriguez had a good start he kind of went off a little bit he's come back he got a goal against Leicester you got you know, Stars and who's keeping you know scored for fun again but he has his bad spells and I look at Everton they've got a lot of match winners but the other thing you mentioned there about that Leeds game is I, f- I feel like yes it was positive but it, it's been so bad that really couldn't get any worse but also against 17, 18 other Premier League sides, you're not going to get that space that Newcastle had against Leeds because Leeds play so such expansive football that they are always open. We've seen that against, you know, it, when they got beat off Manchester United, they still look very decent. 
You know, they were unlucky not to have a few more goals themselves, but because of the way they play, they're so open. So really, I kind of feel like it's a given against Leeds that you do get those spaces and, and it, you know, you will get the chance to exploit that because they are so open. Whereas against Everton, against most other teams in the Premier League, oh, there's Crystal Palace coming up next for Newcastle. And, um, you know, you, you can't see them getting, you know, those gaps in, in, in the opposition to, to exploit. And it does worry us because... Everton are going to be a bit more stringent and a bit more rigid than than Leeds are. Well, definitely, I think Everton, as I, as I keep saying, you know, they've, they've focused more on keeping a compact defence. Because you know, when Everton were doing really well at the start of the season, it was kind of a we'll score more than you sort of thing. You know, like a five-two win against West Brom, four-two against Brighton at Goodison Park, it, and you know, it was never going to be sustainable for them to be able to do that throughout the course of the season and keep up the kind of fight that they want to keep up throughout the season. So Ancelotti's focused now on keeping things a little more tight in defence. But I think maybe towards the end of December, start of January, we were starting to see that Everton were struggling to break teams down a bit when they, when they were in that sort of trend. I'm thinking more towards the West Ham game. That was New Year's Day uh, when West Ham came and beat them 1-0. And it was kind of, it kind of like Everton had been playing against other teams. West Ham just came sat back, soaked up the pressure, got one chance and scored it. And that's that's kind of the way Everton have beat, you know, uh, Chelsea, Leicester at the King Power, Arsenal in December. Uh, Everton can't really afford to do that against Newcastle. You know, they do have to keep things tight, but there will be an expectancy that they need to go go forward and break Newcastle down a little bit more this time. I think, you know, with Luca Dean playing, Seamus Coleman might play. So it's not going to be that, you know, four centre-backs across across the back line. Is that it, there are going to be a few more gaps than have been recently, I, I would probably suggest. So it's whether Newcastle have got you know, the, the tenacity and you know, the attacking intent, essentially, to try, and, to try and exploit those gaps in Everton, because otherwise Everton will exploit them in Newcastle. I think mm-hmm. that's just the way they've been playing recently. Well, that's the point. I mean, for all Newcastle positive for 20 minutes in the second half against Leeds, they were dire for the rest of the game. They started the game so negatively that Leeds managed to, you know, get a foothold in the game and eventually won it. If Newcastle do the same where they do sit back and try and absorb the pressure from Everton, how does that play into Everton's system? Uh, I think the main thing that Newcastle would need to avoid in that sense is crosses into the box certainly because Calvert-Lewin is so strong in the air these days that, you know, he just, yeah, I, I would fancy him to beat anyone in the air, to be honest now. And, well, kind of kind of plays into that set pieces. You can't be giving away silly free kicks, like, in and around the box because Everton have been really dominant on set pieces this season. You know, you've got James Rodriguez whipping crosses in, Luca Dean, Gilfie Sigurdsson as well with the right foot. You know, I think, and then you've got you know, Yeti Mina, Michael Keane, you know, Abdelai Decore, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, they've got a really, really tall team Everton these days as well. So they've just been picking teams off with set pieces in and around the box. So, you know, if Newcastle do let Everton dominate, give away a few free kicks around the edge of the box, I think if Everton take one of those chances, open the game out a little bit more, that's probably going to be, that's probably going to be their game plan. I'm not sure it's going to be necessarily a high scoring game. I think it'll be, I think it'll be, you know, just a, just a couple of goals here or there, but, you know, I think that'll be enough for Everton. You know, as long as they can get the three three points, they're not really going to bother about the scoreline. 
Right, Dekure will be back after missing the last game. Did Everton miss him? Obviously, he's been part of that starting eleven since he well since he arrived, hasn't he? It's, it's been he's been a really good uh, purchase for Everton. How did they miss him against Leicester? Do you think? Yeah, it, I think they really missed him, and I think the Leicester game showed how much they've missed Alan as well. You know, since he's been injured, but uh, Dekure in particular, he's just he, he's the box to box midfielder that Everton have been looking for for a good few years to be honest and you know it probably probably stands to reason why they why they chased Decore for so long you know Marco Silva wanted to bring him from Watford before Carlo Ancelotti finally finally got his hands on him in the summer and you can see why you know he's he's always always available you know whenever whenever the defence picks up the ball he's always in space picks up the ball he can he can run 30 yards with it he can play simple passes out to the flanks He's always in and around the final third, you know, linking up the play. I think he's got a great intelligence, you know, to know where his position is defensively as well. You know, he cuts out so many dangerous passes. He's got amazing speed on him. I think he showed against Crystal Palace. I think he chased Wilfred Zahar back about 30, 40 yards, beat him for pace and you know, won the ball off him in what would have been, you know, it would have been Zahar one-on-one with Pickford in that situation. So he's essentially saved the goal. So, you know, th- those kind of moments, Everton have really been missing from their central midfielders. And, you know, Tom Davis and Andre Gomez, they played against Leicester and they played well enough, I think. But they just haven't got the same qualities as Decore. You know, I don't think they've got that same you know, defensive nous to get themselves in position. I don't think they've got the same ability to then go from there and get up into the final third and, you know, create create chances in that sense as well. So he'll be he'll be a big boost for Everton. It'll be interesting to see which one of Gomez or Davis starts next to him. To be honest, I think it'll probably be Andre Gomez because I just think he's a little bit more creative than Tom Davis. But I, I could say either of them, to be honest. If you were speaking to Steve Bruce and you were giving away Everton's secrets, then what would you tell him are Everton's biggest weaknesses? I would say Everton's biggest weakness for me this season has been. I'm not sure, and I'm not sure whether Newcastle have this kind of player. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to tell me if they do. But there's there's been a big weakness from Everton about players, especially from midfield, making late runs into the box for like early crosses, let's say, or you know, through balls, etc. You know, obviously Bruno Fernandez is one of the best players in the league at the minute, but Bruno Fernandez in particular just thrived off that. You know, he was just picking up random pockets of space throughout because. The midfield didn't really know whether they should be picking up the defence, didn't really know whether they should be picking him up. And if you can find, I think Leicester did it quite well at the weekend as well, to be fair, with Harvey Barnes kind of cut inside and found that gap in between the midfield and the, and the defence. And, you know, it kind, of, it kind of confuses them a little bit, it seems, whenever players get into that little pocket. So if Newcastle can find somebody who can sit in that pocket and just kind of pull the strings a little bit, then I think that's probably the best way to get out of Everton, to be honest, because I think you know, Everton are pretty good at defending set pieces as well as attacking them. So I'm, I'm not sure Newcastle are going to get many chances from that. Uh, maybe try and exploit gaps down the, down the flanks. If, if Coleman and Luca Dean are going to be playing, for example, they're going to be bombing forward quite a bit. You'd, you'd expect Michael Keane and Yeni Mina are going to be the two centre-backs. They're not exactly going to be mobile in trying to and trying to cover those spaces out wide. So perhaps there's gaps out wide to exploit there. But I, I would say that that pocket in between, just in front of the of, of the back four and just behind the midfield, I think that's that's the key for Newcastle for me. But I guess at the same time, 
you've got to have it, the opposition has to be confident in themselves and have that belief because at the moment Newcastle are just camped in their half mostly and again mm. we go back that positive leads uh, 20 minutes spell but for the most of the season you know it has been a case of just sit back kind of part the bus and hopefully you can hit someone on the counter be interesting to see if Anson Maximum starts because he is obviously Newcastle's key player but that's no secret so you know Everton could quite easily mark him out of the game and if he doesn't have a good game or he is marked out of a game, then Newcastle, they don't really have any threat because as much as Callum Wilson is a brilliant goal scorer, we've mentioned previously in the in the episode, he needs a service. And at the moment, he's just not getting it. Um, just before I ask you then for your score prediction, we'll go through it. A few stats. Everton have only lost one to Goodison Park against Newcastle in the last 16 Premier League games. So that's quite a decent run. And uh, Everton have won five of the last eight, losing only one. I don't need to go into Newcastle's awful run um, because I don't want to make our listeners cry even more. Um, Adam, your score prediction? Well, I'll, I'll throw in my own stuff for you. I think uh, just to make Newcastle fans a little bit more comfortable, uh, Everton are much better away from home than they are at home. They've only won four Premier League games at home this season. So, you know, there's, there's maybe an opportunity to get a result there. But uh, I've got to go for an Everton win, I think. As I say, I don't think it'll be that high scoring. So I think 2-0, 2-0 win for Everton. I can see that. I think it'll be, yeah, 2-0. Might, Newcastle might grab a cheeky goal, but I just can't see them. I think so much has been pinned on this positive 20-minute spell and it's some of the, you know, the way Steve Bruce has been speaking, it's like he's talking about... Um, the teams below him have started with bad spells and now they're picking up points and he says we're going through ours now and it's like but yeah I don't think I don't I don't know if that's just something he's saying to the media and to the fans and behind closed doors maybe something different kind of maybe trying to deflect away from the, the reality of the situation which is Newcastle haven't won in 11 games sorry listeners I had to you know mention it um, but that is the reality so yeah I am fearful I do see an Everton win Usually when I say that, or previously I would say that, and there'd be a little bit of hope that the result would go against what everyone's expecting, but yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but Adam, I do appreciate you taking the time to join us on the Everything is Black and White podcast. Um, and in the moment, we will hear from veteran Chronicle journalist, John Gibson. Now joined by John Gibson. John... I'm going to come to you with a very tough challenge, and it is, can you give us some positivity? Can you give our listeners some positivity after hearing what the Liverpool Echoes, Adam Jones, had to say, where he painted a very good picture from an Everton perspective? Can you give our Newcastle United listeners any hope going into that game against Everton? <laughs> Thanks a lot, mate. Yes. Um, yeah, I think we can. Um because for a start, yes, the one's been horrendous, 11 games winless, nine of those 11 lost, which is the the real negative and stunning part of that arrangement. But believe it or not, Andrew, over the next two games, when we play Everton away and on Tuesday, Palace at home, Newcastle United are going for two doubles, you know. Having beaten Everton 2-1 up here earlier in the season and won 2 nil at Palace, it's unbelievable in the current run, isn't it, to think that Newcastle over the next two games can complete two doubles. 
Now, I'm not saying they're going to, by any matter of means. Everton, I feel, is much the harder of the two games. Um, reasons to be optimistic? Good gracious me, well. Uh, San Maximum, for one, I think, because um, he is different. Without wanting to put too much pressure on a young man who's got a history of injuries and just is just coming back from coronavirus, we saw a little bit against Leeds in the second half that he's different. This is a robotic side that if you're playing against Newcastle, you know exactly what's going to happen, except if San Maximum's on the field and you're not quite certain, because he will do something different. And he will worry defenders who don't worry when they up against other members of the Newcastle team because they know exactly what they're capable of and much worse what they're not capable of. Some maximum is different. And I I hope that he rubs off on other players. Almirin runs even further when he's got some maximum in the team because he's got somebody to support. Wilson has got to believe that he's going to have more bodies around him if Almirin is running uh, directly into his space and, and so is San Maximum. Sam gets San Maximum into the box uh, and you're scared to tackle him because he can drop and it's a penalty. Uh, so for me, the two big hopes going down there are San Maximum uh, sparking off the rest of the team and Jason Pickford doing his usual on our behalf. So that's my great optimistic hope, is that the two of them can combine and we can get something out of it. Yeah, I mean, Pickford's clangour against Leicester was quite something. But for those who've already listened to uh, the first part of this podcast with Adam Jones, he was saying that, you know, had that not happened, people would have been singing Pickford's praises because he'd had a decent game up to that point and they've been very good um, they've only conceded six goals in the last nine games Everton so that's not a bad tally to, tally to be bringing in um, you mentioned there St Maximin that's true by the way that's true of Pickford sorry to put in but <laughs> at the same time goalkeepers are judged on their clangers as much as their saves and what I'm saying is the sight of Pickford in goal as good a goalkeeper as he might be overall, and he's good enough to be the England number one, he will make a mistake, and that mistake gives you hope, and that's why his presence gives us hope. Uh, no, I don't think any Newcastle fan would, would argue with that, John. You mentioned Alan St. Max from there. Now, as much as the 20 minutes against Leeds was positive, and he did make a difference, didn't make a big enough of a difference because Newcastle lost, but nevertheless, he made an impact. But the two sides, are, it's vastly different because against Leeds, they're open, they're expansive. You're going to find the gaps. You're going to have that opportunity to get in between the defence and the midfield. But with Everton, they're going to be a little more organised, a little more rigid than Leeds are. It's not as easy as it would be against the Leeds. And I, and I make this point to, uh, to Lee Ryder in another podcast, which will be going out uh, later this evening, that... How many other teams in the Premier League play like Leeds where you do get that space? And are we are we pinning too much on that twenty minute positive spell, do you think? Well, I mean you're absolutely right. That the the thing with Leeds is 
to be truthful, the result down there epitomises Leeds 5-2. They're liable to score five against you any time, but Newcastle, who can't score goals, scored two down there because they give you chances at the back. And no, it's going to be more difficult because Everton are going to be more organised. But San Maximum isn't living on his 20 minutes against Leeds since he came here he is on a good day of stress and the lad is quite capable of having bad days like most players are and on a bad day he looks petulant he looks as if his head goes down etc etc but on a good day he can cause trouble to any defence and I'm talking about well organised defences as well and if as you say, we've got to hang our hat on some hope. He is the one that sparks it. But Everton, I mean, I was at the game and I was amazed that Newcastle beat Everton up here 2-1 because if you remember, at that time, Everton would have gone top of the league had they won at Newcastle and they lost 2-1, which was quite amazing because I think they're a well-organised side. They've got a manager and Ancelotti who knows what he's doing and I think has given a bit of faith back to the fans. They've got games in hand over the teams above them and of course he said after the deal with Leicester that is a good result but only if you beat Newcastle and they will be out for that very, very much indeed. I think it is a very difficult game um, for Steve Bruce, who's had 11 of them without a win. And I think, it, as it happens, it's a more difficult game than Leeds were. And we didn't rise to that bit. The Sheffield United were, and we didn't rise to that bit. Uh, so, of course, it's going to be tough. There's no question. Steve Bruce is remaining positive. He's, you know, saying we're on a bad run, but, you know, he's confident he can turn it around. But is this a must-win game for Steve Bruce and Newcastle United, especially given the results of other sides around them? Oh, I mean, you know, the other sides have put so much pressure on Newcastle. Burnley's won three on the trot, jumped above Newcastle and gone away. Um, uh, Fulham, who we are desperate to keep in the bottom three, have drawn six of the last nine. Now, that's only six points, but we've only got two in the same time. And they've had six draws, so they're not losing a lot. Uh, Brighton have pulled in points. Even Sheffield United have pulled in seven points at a time when we've pulled in two and they looked as if they were stranded. It is very difficult. Of course, Steve Bruce is going to sound optimistic. What is he supposed to say? Oh, we're going to get beat again when we go down to Everton. He's got to make the right noises. The difference is that we want to see that transferred into what happens on the field, into the tactics we employ on the field. Uh, talk is cheap Monday to Friday, and I include the players in this, not just Steve Bruce. You know, if we listen Monday to Friday, the players and the hierarchy at Newcastle United, we are going to be okay at the weekend. The only difference is when the weekend comes, we're not okay. So it it, it is very, very dif- difficult. But every game that passes... For Steve Bruce, and he doesn't have a victory, is going to really lift the pressure higher and higher and higher. And to be truthful, for him personally, it is very difficult to see a way back long term. Not in the short term, not by simply getting a win, because that takes a little bit of pressure off, but then it's back on the next game. Long term, it's very difficult to see how Steve Bruce can get permanently out of this, I'm, I'm afraid to say. 
Before I ask you then, John, to finish up with your score prediction, just give me your thoughts on the arrival of Graham Jones as head assistant coach, I believe his title is. What do you read into that? Well, it's a, it's an absolutely intriguing situation um, because, in theory, Newcastle don't need another uh, uh, assistant coach because they've got two already. The, the, what you've got to read into this, I feel, is that it is going to ruffle feathers. There's absolutely no question about that because you don't think Steve Agnew or Stephen Clements are going to be delighted to have a third coach come into the situation. No, they're not. Now, is this in reality an appointment of Steve Bush's or an appointment of Ashley and Charlie? Uh, we don't know that. We know that it's painted as everything's harmonious and everybody's delighted and it's another pair of eyes. It'll be interesting to see what the situation is. I don't doubt for one minute that, that Graham has had reassurances from the hierarchy before he come here because you wouldn't leave a safe job to come to Newcastle United, whether it was your dream job or not, if you were likely to go if Steve Bruce eventually went between now and the end of the season because you would think that Steve Agnew and Stephen Clements would go with him. He must have reassurances that he would not suffer that, else he wouldn't have come here. So there are fans talking to me about whether he is the caretaker manager in waiting. Uh, and that might be in a very unfair situation on, on Steve Bruce, but that's life. I'm going to be as intrigued, Andrew, to watch what happens on the touchline as much as what happens on the field. What part Graham Jones plays in dictating uh, players where to go, what to do, when to drop off, when to break, etc., etc. There'll be as much attention on Saturday on Graham Jones as there is on the Newcastle United players 1-11. to There certainly will be. It's going to be, as you say, a very intriguing watch. Give me your score prediction then, John, for this Saturday against Everton. Oh, horrible, horrible, horrible thing to have to do. I can't see anything out of this game bar an Everton victory, I'm afraid. Uh, and I'm afraid I would have to go for 2-0 to Everton. I think the real opportunity, although there is one tomorrow, there always is in a two-horse race. You've always got a chance in a two-horse race. But the win or bust, and I really mean boost, bust, is Crystal Palace at home on Tuesday. But I'm afraid I can only say one thing tomorrow, Newcastle losing 2-0. I pray that I'm wrong. We all do, John. We all do. We appreciate you joining us on the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Hope you're keeping well in these strange times. Yes, as well as you can be with uh, these strange times and the Newcastle results. But the head's still above water, although it's lapping around the ears. <laughs> to everyone else tuning in thank you for listening please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast from whichever platform you get it from